Welcome to You News, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Thursday, October 31st. I'm Lorraine Cáceres. These are today's headlines. The House of Representatives passing a historic resolution that now sets the stage for the next chapter of Donald Trump's potential impeachment. Firefighters in California risking it all to battle a steady stream of wildfires. Thousands of people under evacuation orders, including many Latino farm workers now struggling to put food on the table. And the Mexican government issued a detailed report of the chaotic arrest and release of Ovidio Guzman, son of convicted drug dealer El Chapo Guzman. Many are now questioning the Mexican president's effectiveness. This and much more today on You News, recorded live in our newsroom in Miami. We begin in Washington, the House today voting to formalize the impeachment process, setting forth guidelines for the next steps in the process as Republicans and the president continue to criticize Democrats for the way they've handled the inquiry thus far. This as former security advisor John Bolton prepares to possibly testify while another White House official appears before Congress. That official expected to corroborate damaging information for President Trump. Here's the very latest. Vote, the yeas are 232, the nays are 196. The resolution is adopted without objection. The motion to reconsider is laid upon the table. On Capitol Hill, Democrats formalizing the guidelines for the impeachment inquiry, voting in favor of a resolution that lays out the next critical steps in the process, instructing the House Intelligence Committee on how to conduct public hearings, authorizing the House Judiciary Committee to draft articles of impeachment as it deems proper, giving Republicans the ability to issue subpoenas and interview witnesses, and allowing the president's lawyers to participate in the proceedings in the Judiciary Committee as long as they cooperate with congressional requests. No one runs for Congress to impeach a president, but we are here today because the facts compel us to be. Under the law, the vote on the resolution is not necessary. A judge deciding the inquiry is already legitimate. But Republicans have criticized how Democrats are conducting the process, saying it's secretive and unfair. Unlike during the inquiries around both President Clinton and President Nixon, They've denied President Trump basic due process rights and are cutting his counsel out of the process in an unprecedented way. The president showing confidence, tweeting that Republicans are unified and energized against this impeachment nonsense. This as the second White House official testifies before Congress on Thursday. The top Russia and Europe advisor on President Donald Trump's National Security Council, Tim Morrison, arriving at Capitol Hill, expected to corroborate key elements of the top U.S. diplomat to Ukraine, Bill Taylor's testimony last week, including President Trump repeatedly pressuring Ukraine to publicly announced investigations into former Vice President Joe Biden and his son and using military aid as leverage. Sources say he plans to quit his job soon, although a date is unclear. He was brought in by President Trump's former national security advisor, John Bolton, who was fired last month. Bolton, too, has been invited to testify. He would be the most senior witness to do so thus far in this inquiry, but his lawyers say he won't do so without a subpoena. Multiple 
Multiple administration officials have testified Bolton was concerned about Trump's personal attorney Rudy Giuliani pushing Ukraine for political favors, including Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, who testified Bolton told him to prepare a memo to the president by August 15, saying military aid needed to be released to Ukraine as soon as possible. But Vindman testified the president refused to give up the money, even after meeting with Bolton and other cabinet officials. We're going to continue to learn more about uh, what Mr. Colonel Vindman said, for instance, from uh, Mr. Morrison. Everything I've seen has been consistent with the whistleblower's allegations. Lieutenant Colonel Vindman testified that he believed the president did demand quid pro quo from Ukraine. Meanwhile, two separate hearings today will be important in determining how much evidence Democrats can gather, both answering the question if White House officials are protected by what the Trump administration calls complete immunity. The first is relating to former White House counsel Don McGahn's refusal to testify this spring, citing his testimony could violate the president's executive privilege, and the second related to the national security official Charles Kupperman, who wants a judge to decide if he needs to comply with Congress's request for his testimony or the White House's instruction not to appear. A lot of moving parts here, so we'll keep you posted with the latest. The raging California wildfires have impacted the lives of a broad group of people, including farm workers, who are in the difficult position of having to balance working to put food on the table, but having to do so under hazardous conditions. Juan Carlos Gonzalez has more from Northern California. Being exposed to high and low temperatures, intense sun, a lack of water, and long working days is what thousands of farm workers experience on a daily basis. But these days, farm workers in Northern California have had to overcome smoke from the fires in the region for several days. Yes, it hurts the eyes, the breathing, and eyes. This is harmful to our health, and at this age, even more. Of course, health-wise, I'm already losing my voice, but they let us bring masks. But here we are still working. They say that they are aware that each moment they dedicate to picking grapes at these vineyards are putting their lives in danger due to the bad air quality. That's why we have protection. As a matter of fact, when we arrived in the morning, we told the supervisor that there was too much smoke, and he went and brought us masks to protect ourselves. Even though the smoke can be seen and felt, they continue working. We need it. The bosses, the winers urgently need this work to get done. We need to work and the wineries keep asking for the fruit and oh well. They clarify the bosses don't force them to work. They make $3.60 for each tray of grapes they fill up with. And there are some workers who fill up to 70 trays. That earns them for a total of $252 in a day. It is very hard, but if we don't work, then there's no money for rent and everything we need. According to experts, this polluted air that you cannot see but you can breathe will take at least 10 days to dissipate. In the meantime, many people will continue to work, putting their health at risk. 
In Sonoma County, California, Juan Carlos González, U News. Univision has been following the steps of Dina Matute, a Honduran girl who in 2014 crossed the border in Laredo, Texas and requested asylum all to reunite with her mom in Illinois. Today she is 14 years old and a legal resident of the United States on the road to citizenship. Yania Ponte has her story. Thank God I'm finally going to stay here. They gave me my green card. This is how Dina Matut felt after receiving the good news that her U.S. permanent residence application was approved, a path that began in 2014 when she left Honduras and crossed into the United States as an unaccompanied minor at the tender age of nine. Finally, I can be someone in life without being afraid and going out, also to be here with my whole family. Dina, now 14, was part of the group of 52,000 unaccompanied Central American minors who crossed the border between October 2013 and June 2014 in search of asylum, fleeing the violence in their home countries. In Dina's case, she was able to reunite with her mother in Illinois. When I hear about the situation in my country, I keep saying it was the best decision I could have made because now my daughter is here, far from what's going on over there. For LULAC, the immigrant advocacy organization that provided free advice to Dina, this case is a beacon of hope for other Central American children in the same situation. Siguiendo los pasos de la corte, um, teniendo los hechos que tú necesitas, Following in the court's footsteps, having the facts you need, there is a chance to get your documentation. Dina today is an eighth grader and wants to help other Central American children so they can get their papers and get a better life than the one they had before. And she is also seeking to apply for a status adjustment for her mother now that she's officially a U.S. permanent resident. Reported by Viviana Avila, this is Gianni Aponte for U News. Getting a permit to work in the United States is going to cost more. The U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services says beginning in December, the price of certain unemployment-based petitions is going up. Fabiola Galindo has the details. The fees for certain work visas will go up starting next month. The USCIS Citizenship and Immigration Services Office announced that the premium process that allows an expedited review of a work permit application will now cost $1,440, an increment of $30 with respect to the current fee amount. It's going to be affecting the professionals uh, or the type of visas for investors, professionals that want to come into the U.S. because they are paying a premium price for that process. The premium service is optional and allows petitioners to shorten the waiting period to receive a work permit from 150 days to 15 days. There are investors that are really struggling to get every penny to come into the U.S. So $30, when you really translate it to their money, is going to, it might affect some of them. At least 20 types of work visas for foreigners will be affected, including visas H-1B, H-2A, and H-2B, and those that use form I-29. The higher fees do not apply to family petitions for now, something that immigration lawyers believe will change in the upcoming months. 
A waiver can also be submitted to request an exception and avoid paying the fee if you can prove financial hardship, says this lawyer. The regular TPS, temporary protected status, the regular DACA, young person who is applying to renew, I think that that's coming. So $30 for a young person to renew his employment authorization might be a little bit stiff. The hike in the fee prices comes as inflation rises in the country and the processing costs keeps going up. In New York, Fabiola Galindo, U News. Protests continue in the Chilean capital hours after President Sebastián Piñera announced that the country would no longer host the APEC or COP25 summits, which had been scheduled for November and December. Santiago has been paralyzed by protests over the past two weeks, leaving at least 20 people dead and leading to the resignation of eight key ministers from Piñera's cabinet. Many of the protesters are now asking for Piñera's resignation. Meanwhile, in Bolivia, violent clashes took place Wednesday in the town of Montero between supporters of President Evo Morales and local residents. At least three people were wounded with pellets during the clashes. For the past 10 days, the country has seen major unrest following the presidential election in which Morales was re-elected for the fourth term. The conflict arose when opponents of Morales claimed election fraud took place. A team from the Organization of American States is, being, is beginning an audit on the election results today. And in Colombia, five indigenous guards tasked with protecting the country's tribal reservations were killed in a confrontation with dissident rebels fight, fires, fighters. The armed group attacked in order to free three group members captured by the guards, six other people were also injured. Troops have been moved to the area. Indigenous communities are frequent victims of violence by arms groups in Colombia as rebels and crime gangs seek to control lucrative drug trafficking routes and illegal mining territory. And the Mexican government offering a public explanation of what actually happened in Culiacán two weeks ago when the Army and National Guard attempted to arrest Ovidio Guzman, son of convicted drug lord Joaquin El Chapo Guzman. The attempted arrest led to an arms response from the Sinaloa cartel, resulting in Ovidio being set free. And now, as Paulina Gomez reports, many are questioning the effectiveness of President López Obrador's security strategy. These are the dramatic images of the arrest of Ovidio Guzmán López, Joaquín, El Chapo Guzmán's son, in Culiacán, Sinaloa, on October 17. Ovidio was with his family at one of his residences when military and National Guard forces attempted to apprehend him. This is never seen before footage of how this failed operation took place. It was an unprecedented chain of events, as explained by Mexican President Andrés Manuel López Obrador and members of his security cabinet at a press conference. When we see how things happened, it is understandable why certain decisions were made, why the order came to cancel the operation. The National Defense Minister explained that the massive response from the Sinaloa cartel prevented the military from completing their mission, as a scared of video called his brothers to ask them to not intervene. Authorities said his brothers, known as Los Chapitos, who inherited the cartel's leadership role after El Chapo's arrest and conviction, refused to back down. 
and then the Sinaloa cartel took their response to the next level. How did this cartel accomplish this? First, it was an announcement by the Sinaloa cartel, offering resources to its members to join the attack on federal forces. They used military techniques and automatic and anti-aircraft weapons. President López Obrador said it was the beginning of a war. The criminals attacked a military complex building with hand grenades and also targeted military bases and took members of the military hostage, even daring to bribe army leaders. There was an attempt to bribe the commander leading the operation, who was offered $3 million. He turned it down and afterward he and his family's life were threatened. But Mexico's public safety secretary stuck to their strategy, stating that no criminal group is more powerful than the Mexican state. A stumbling tactics does not invalidate the whole security strategy. While they rejected that there is impunity for members of organized crime, the Mexican government assured that peace and tranquility that comes from the pursuit of justice is their path to security. As thorough as this report is for national security experts, there are still many questions regarding the role of the U.S. agencies in this failed operation, such as what was negotiated for El Chapo's son release and who was, indeed, making the decisions. In Mexico City, Paulina Gomez Bulchiner, U News. More of U News after this short break. Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the stories from home and abroad that matter to you. They don't know when they're going to be able to go back to work. Victims also from Mexico and this mass shooting. Officials in and out of the residence. We're going to continue fighting. U News covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. U News, your world, U News on Fusion. Welcome back to You News. And moving on to consumer news, iPhone sales are in a slump, but Apple's other products and services are helping the company grow. Sales of iPhones plunged 9% last quarter, but sales of services were up 18%. Those services include Apple Music, Apple Care, and the soon-to-be-released Apple TV+. Some of Apple's hardware was up too, including the iPad, which saw a 17% jump in sales between July and September. Meanwhile, sales of the company's wearables like the AirPods and the Apple Watch surged 54%. Walmart is extending its grocery pickup service to its alcohol aisles. Here's how it works. Customers choose their groceries and adult beverages on Walmart's website or through the app. Once they check out, Walmart workers do the shopping for them. When the customer comes to pick it up, a Walmart worker will bring their items to the car, check their ID to make sure they can legally buy the alcohol. What's more, the retailer says customers at 200 stores in Florida and California don't have to go to the store at all. They can get their beer and wine delivered to their homes. And retail chain Forever 21 is closing 200 stores, but executives say the brand isn't going away. The store closings account for about one-fourth of its locations in the U.S. and other countries. The restructuring comes after Forever 21 filed for bankruptcy last month. By scaling down, company executives say Forever 21 should have a better chance of emerging from Chapter 11.
Thanks for listening to You News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow You News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review. Join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.